And tonight our lesson is entitled what? God is love. Okay, I see, I want to make sure someone's going to help me a little bit. I need somebody to help me. Sister French isn't here. I need somebody to help me. So we're teaching tonight on God is love. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and thank God for his mighty power and for his word. Now we're going to read, of course, 1 John 4, 8. And uh, in verse 7 and 8, if you open your Bibles, uh, they're going to, of course, we're going to bring it up on the screen. And they're not, we're not going to be super long. We have no reason to be lengthy. Um, uh, we're going to just get right in and, and enjoy the good word of the Lord. But, of course, the most important thing that you can do and the most important thing that you can live out in your life is the love of God in your life. We need to be known by our love. Does anybody believe that here tonight? We need to live as loving people. We don't need to be selfish. We don't need to be uh, angry people. We don't need to be bitter people. We need to be loving people. Now, the culture says that loving people, that's, well, that's passe. That's, uh, that's uh, you know, who cares about that? Well, God cares about it because God is love. So let's look, if you would, at 1 John 4 and 7. Let's read it. Beloved, let us love one another. Okay, let's try it again. Let's see if we can, at least at the beginning, I'll never get you if I can't get you now. Beloved, let us love one another, for God is love. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Lay your Bibles down. Let's pray for God to baptize us with, a, with his holy love. Could we do that? Father, right now I pray, Lord, that this will be a church known for love. Lord, love is not ooey-gooey. It's not just compassion, but it's many, many things. But it is what you are, and we want to be what you are, Lord. We, we don't care what the world says. We're not trying to be a Hollywood star. We're not trying to be a cowboy. We're trying to be like you. And we want to be like Jesus. Let it be evident in our lives. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. One of my favorite apostolic songs was written in 1920 by Booth Cliburn. It was called uh, To Be Like Jesus. Anybody remember that old song? To be like Jesus. I don't even know the song, but anyway, I love it. To be like Jesus, on earth I want to be like him. We might could actually make it this work. All through life's journey from earth to glory. I only ask to be like him. Praise God. That would have almost worked if I hadn't swallowed that cough drop. All right. Praise God. And I was sound just finally sounding so, so good. Beloved, let us <clears throat> love one another. Anybody believe that tonight? 
We need to love one another. In other words, why why should we love one another? Uh, what about people that treat us wrong? What about bad people? So we're going to talk about the, the depth of God's love. We're going to take a few minutes to contemplate. We're not going to even barely scratch it. We're just going to talk a little bit about it. The love of God is is uh, deeper than the ocean as uh, it is. It's higher than the, the heavens. In other words, the love of God is what God is, whatever, whatever God is, uh, then that's what love is to us. God is love. Can you say praise the Lord? Can you say God is love? God is love. It doesn't say that God is many things, but it says God is love. And I, I take this, of course, to mean that uh, love in the world comes from God. When a sinner loves their child, that love came from God. Didn't come from evolution. Uh, I've often talked to non-believers who are evolutionists who think that everything comes from uh, the DNA, and then I so I immediately get off of the physical. I, and there, there's no sense in arguing why there are dinosaur bones in the earth with people who have already made up their minds. When you can take a sliver of bone that big and get a man six feet tall and know the day he was born, thirty million years ago. So I, sometimes I'll say, well, wh where did you find his hospital records? They're so determined that the world came from nothing and that it just evolved into something. But you've got to immediately get off of that notion and begin to think about the deeper things. And so everyone knows that someone might say, well, I don't I don't believe in anything but the but the physical. So I'll say, well, don't you love your own children? Well, yes, I do. Well, why? I thought you didn't believe in anything except the physical. But that's not true. Of course you believe in something that's not physical. You believe in love, don't you? Well, yes, I believe in love. Well, there's your starting point right there. Start with that and realize that love, God, is love. Everything that is love came from God. Satan is full of hatred. The Bible says he's, he's been hating from the beginning. He is the father of lies. He's full of hatred. He was a murderer from the beginning. All the things that are opposite of love. So God is love. So brethren, beloved, let us love one another. And why? Because God is love. So whatever problems you have with someone else, does anybody in this building believe in forgiveness tonight? Many people don't believe in forgiveness. They say they do, but they don't believe in forgiveness. They never forgive. They always hold it over. They hold it over someone. But true forgiveness finds a way to love and let go of the things that have uh, hurt them and come against them. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That's that may be the most difficult uh, of the expressions that we're looking at in these two verses. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So we're going to I'm not going to delve too deep into that because. That is that is deeper than the ocean. He who does not love, this is much easier to understand how love affects every human being. That's that's a, that's quite a concept. But he who does not love does not know God. So someone said, 
uh, well, I hate them. Well, then you do not love God. Something is wrong if you are hating. How many knows that hatred has no place in the heart of a child of God? Now, I, I'm, I don't want to be too trite here because, and we, we need to be very careful. I don't want you to think that I'm unaware of the abuses and the horrible things that have happened to people. But no matter what has happened, God's love is greater than what has happened. Praise God. So it's a wonderful thing to live with bitterness and hatred is destructive, but to live with love is a powerful thing. In fact, love, someone has said, I don't mean this in the poetic sense, but love is uh, the most powerful uh, force in the universe, someone has said. Well, but enough of that. Let's let's continue. So he who know does not love does not know God for God is love. If you don't love, if you're full of hate. Now, not many people are just filled with hate. Some people are consumed with hate. Some people only hate certain people or certain ones. They hate like maybe they're racist or they're they have hatred only for certain types of people or whatever. And then they think that's okay because they love other people. I love certain people. So since I love them, my hatred over here doesn't matter. But it doesn't work that way. God is love. It doesn't say God hates a bunch of people. He loves everybody for God so loved the world. I shouldn't have to explain that to a child of God, not to a sinner. They want to know how could God love the world if people are going to hell? That's a pretty good question. But it doesn't change a thing. They're not going to hell because God doesn't love them. Does anybody know that? God loves the whole world. He even loves the sinner. He loves the sinner. That's been putting out his cigarettes on them. He loves the sinner. But that's not going to change it. Their judgment is still coming. If you're you're full of sin, sin is the the devil uh, tricked the world into sin. And now they've got to figure a way out of it. And so God's made a plan. They don't get to that plan. Then uh, the rain's coming as sure as the world. The door is going to close. And that's the end of that. It's not God's fault if you're standing outside the door. See, some people think that the world's a big carnival and God's got to let you ride every ride or he's a meanie. That's the kind of world that we're in. In fact, and if you think it's getting better, it's not. It's getting worse. Our world is actually getting worse. They don't love God and they don't love anybody else, but they blame God for everything that's going on in the world. You could tell them, well, but God didn't do any of that. Oh, yes, he did. Well, he he could have stopped it. So they're blaming God. Now, let's go to John 13. Now, we're going to move a little faster. I I know I said that we're not going to spend a lot of time, but if I get into one more story like that, we're in trouble. All right, so we're looking at the concept, first of all, that God is love. Everyone say, God is love. God is love. Now, John 13, Jesus says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Do you find that an amazing uh, biblical truth that loving one another, Jesus said, is a new commandment? Let's try it again. Let's read it and see if you can, if you pick up on that. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. OK, here we are. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. The new commandment is that you love one another. Well, why is that a new commandment? Why would that be a new commandment? It's offensive, of course, to Jewish people to suggest that uh, 
this was not at the very core of, of Judaism to, to love each other and so forth. But Jesus is going to explain himself in in several ways. So let's let's let Jesus talk about it for just a little bit. So a new commandment. Praise God. I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. And there, of course, is the standard. We must love one another as he loves us. And there and that, of course, is the standard. The standard is not. can I love perfectly? No, I can't love perfectly. I'm, I'm not cap- I'm not God. I'm not capable of being God, but I can love like he loved me. And that is and, and then we can begin that process. But how many knows that he really loved us? Praise God. He loved us with the love that has never been known in the history of the world. He gave himself. He died and all of those things. But as I have loved you. And of course, in John 13, Jesus had not yet died as I have loved you that ye also love one another. Now, we're going to take this further because Jesus takes it further to love. What does it mean to love one another? And I, I can feel right now the resistance because many, 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 many people say that just means I have to love the fellow on the next pew, but not the fellow down the road. And so, my friend, if you think that you are in violation of Jesus' own teaching, to love one another does not just mean the 12 apostles are going to like each other. No, 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 my friend. It goes much deeper than that. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Praise God. So I would say love one another. So how how can I love my brother? How? So sometimes that means I have to uh, I have to uh, do a lot of things to extend love to someone else. Now, uh, if, if Sister French were here, she's not here and I'm not feeling bad about it. I don't feel bad at all <coughs> that she's on vacation. And I'm here. I don't feel bad about that. But if she were here, um, I could I could say in front of her that it's easy to love her. It's been we're in about uh, let me think in 24 days, we will have been married 40 years. I know we don't look 40. It's shocking. I know you're shocked. But in 24 days, we'll be married 40 years. And it has been the easiest journey in all the world to love her. That's, that's been that nothing has been easier in my life. I fell in love with her. And I've loved her ever since. Never fell out of love as though I don't even believe in falling out of love, but I never fell out of love. Doesn't mean there hadn't been rocky roads and rough times and difficulties and when we first got married, uh, she would, she, uh, I told her, I said, honey, I, I, remember I'm a preacher. I know things. I tried everything, y'all. I, I know things. And I even tried the, I'm the anointed. <laughs> well, I mean, I tried it all. And, uh, and she would say, that's not working, hon. That's not working on me. Lots of rocky road, things that would come along. 
One time, in the first year of our marriage, she said, uh, she said, when I met you and we got fell in love, I thought I was marrying Prince Charming. That's what she said to me. And she followed it up with, but I was marrying an ogre. That's what she said. Is there a story or something about Prince Charming and an ogre? I don't know if there's a story. Anyway, I hope there's a story because if she really thought that up on her own, I'd feel bad. And I told her, I said, oh, oh, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. I said, I am Prince Charming. She said, no, no, you, you, that was false advertising. You were, you've not been. And, and you know what the truth was? She was right. See, I thought I was this and I was that and I didn't. I thought I was, man, I had always uh, thought I was just doing it so well. And then, of course, I realized I didn't know a thing about love. I didn't know a thing about how to truly love someone else. I know how to love myself, but I didn't know how to really love someone else. And so I, I remember the day that I got down and I said, I'm making a fresh commitment to you that I will be better tomorrow than I was the day before. I will love you more the next day than I have the previous day because that's my commitment to you. And I, that's how much I love you. I, I'm committed to loving you. And it's been 40 years of that. And I want to tell you something. There's nobody in the world that I want to be with more than I want to be with the one that I love. But love doesn't just extend to that kind of a person. doesn't just extend to my wife. Love is to be given to one another. Now, I don't love someone else's children in the way that I love my own children. I'd be an absolute fool to do that. I'm called of God to love my own. I can't, I'm not to love someone else's wife in the way that I love my wife. How many understand that? But I still am to love one another. Appropriately and properly, I have to extend my love and, and compassion and understanding to those around me and to love one another. And to do this in a world Folks, of increasing hatred. I've never seen the kind of, of uh, unbelievable frustrations that our world is facing today. And uh, the world's in trouble. How many knows that this world needs Jesus? <laughs> they need it like never before. Well, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another. I wonder if we could pray for our, our city and our community that God will help us to love them with a compassion that would bring them to the gospel. Could we do that? Father, right now I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice will have a, a baptism of love that would draw them to others, cause them to reach out to others, and love them, Lord, until they find God. Lord, and we thank you for it. Hallelujah. We give you praise. As you loved us, we love others. Let me, let me say this. If God loved you and you were unworthy, and then you expect others to just go on to hell, you're too busy to be bothered, something is wrong with that. If you've been loved, now I know that people that have been hated and and uh, abused and so on. They wrestle. I've talked to people, thousands of them. They'll say, I can't get over it. My dad did this. Or I blame my mother. Or, I blame my sister. Or, I blame somebody. I, I understand. I, I understand. But if you've been loved and then you turn around and you just walk in and sit down and you, you don't care about spreading that love and sharing that love, something's seriously wrong. That's why the Bible says you're really not a child of God. And I'm not I'm talking to you like I'm worried that you'd not 
I'm just simply saying, if you're loved and then you don't love others, that you're not of God. That's not of God. When, when God has loved you, you know, you know what happens when God loves you? You want to love everybody. Praise God. Remember that old song makes me want to love. I can't, I can't, don't even have any voice. <clears throat> I had a cough drop, but I swallowed it. Um, it makes me love everybody. What's the name of that, Brother French? You know all the songs, don't you? Oh, makes you love everybody. Old time. Sister French, where are you? All right. Uh, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Hallelujah. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to love your brothers and sisters in a way. I don't mean go home and yawn about it. I mean think about ways that you could be a blessing to others. You know there are people that have needs in this church. It's not the will of God for someone to be suffering and then you're yawning. It's not the will of God. I don't mean by that you're supposed to pay everybody else's bills and, and, and they're your responsibility. But love will go a long way to make a difference in somebody else's life if you will love them. But if you're too busy, you're too busy. As I have loved you, you love, you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Okay, let's go now to the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, I, 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 um, <clears throat> let's, let's look at uh, two scriptures, Matthew 5 and Luke 10. Now, the Good Samaritan, that story is in Luke 10, but we're, oh, we're going to refer to it. And uh, is, is anybody still awake? Is anybody still awake in the building? Okay, now Matthew 5 says... Ye have heard, this is Jesus. Ye have heard that it hath been said. Say that with me. Ye have heard that it hath been said. Okay. So the first thing we have to do is figure out what is he talking? What does he mean it's been said? Well, I, I'm going to. That's why I'm up here. I'm, I'm here to talk about that. All right. So the many times in Jewish uh, mistaken views of things. Jesus was a Jew, of course. People would say things like, well, you should love your friends and hate your enemies. It was not a biblical concept. Or it was not a Jewish concept. It was a perversion that people would say, my neighbor, because how many knows you're to love your neighbor as yourself? See, so... The perversion was that your neighbor is your friend. See? Okay? You, you, didn't, you, you, you didn't stay awake. You have to actually stay awake to the very end of the statement. All right. So the perversion was that you only have to love your friends. So if you love your friends, this is where racism comes from. The idea that I, I love lots of people, but this particular group over here I don't like. It doesn't matter what the, what, what the hatred is or what the attitude is. In fact, I want to tell you something else. Even money can do this to people. Cause people to feel like they're better than other people when they're not better. I want to tell you something right now. I, I, probably nobody in this, within five miles here needs to hear this. But money doesn't make anybody better than anybody else. Okay, so you have heard that it had been said, 
Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. So we've been looking at, well, who in the world would make such a statement? Well, uh, that's what we were looking at. Thou shalt love thy neighbor, that is meaning your friends, and hate your enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Now we've just taken a submarine dive. You have to love people. Now, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Come on. Lord, I, I, please, Lord, I don't, oh. Um, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, so, um, oh, my goodness. I, I can't go that deep. I'm trying to come up. I'm way down there. Uh, uh, love your enemies. Now, it doesn't say that you're to commit treason. Does anybody know what treason is? You know the word treason's in the Bible? It doesn't say commit treason and then go and help your enemy. It doesn't say, for example, someone runs to their pastor. We're doing a little uh, ethics here. They run into the church. Let's say I'm here, and you'd be surprised the things that happen here. They run to the door, and they say, someone has my baby. Let's say someone did that. Now, we're just talking hypothetical. We're not, I'm not telling you a true story. And I say, well, we forgive him. Well, yes, but he's got my baby. Then what I've just done is perverted the idea of forgiveness. And I'm finding that many, many, many Christians pervert the idea of loving their enemy. They actually think that loving the enemy means if Hitler's taking over, you go, hey, Hitler, how are you? Come over here. Blow our house up. You know, that would be like saying the devil is your friend. The devil is not your friend and your enemy is not your friend. You've got to know the difference between your friends and your enemies, but you've got to love them all. You've got to love your enemies. You've got to get through it. You've got to stand for righteousness. No matter what the enemies have done, you love them and treat them like Jesus would treat them. And what did Jesus do on the cross? Father, forgive them. Now, I'll be the first to say, I've asked someone, in fact, I, this has been, Lord, I uh, see this has been so much on my mind of late. That when Jesus said, uh, anybody remember this Jesus saying to, to, to turn Anybody remember that? The other cheek. I was telling the Lord, this is not very theological, but I was telling the Lord, I think I understand it, but I don't like it. The Lord and I have way too many conversations like this. I think I understand it. In other words, I don't really want to do it, but I have to love them and even though I may see deep into their soul and see all that's there, but, but I, I have to love them. But then, you see, loving your enemies is one thing, but then Jesus takes it to this other level. Then, so if they smite you, 
uh, I was reading, one guy was hoping this were true. He said, well, that's not really true. And I thought, oh, there's my answer. Ooh. He says, if they smite you on the one side, turn the cheek and let them smack you on the other side. And this guy was a great theologian. He said, well, that's not actually true. You don't have to actually. And I thought, whoo, good, great answer. But, of course, that would be denying scripture. And it's a, what I call a non-answer. So I said, okay, put that up. The truth of the matter is, no matter how hard it is to love someone, we got to love them anyway. We got to love this whole world, praise God. We got to love a world that's unlovable because they're going to see Jesus in us. Can we lift our hands and just say, Lord, I, sometimes I struggle. I don't always know how to do it, but I want to love like you loved, Lord. God, you are my great example. Jesus, you are my hope, and I praise you. Lord, help me to love those that are around me. Praise God. Now, of course, the reason for the Good Samaritan, can you see that picture? That's a artist rendering of the Good Samaritan. Of course, the Samaritan, you know, is a part partly Jewish and was not very popular among the Jewish people. They, in fact, uh, Jews wouldn't even go through Samaria. So you, you get what I'm saying. So the Good Samaritan, the story is that here was this uh, Jewish man. And the, 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 there were three individuals that went by, and uh, only one of them stopped and helped him. The other two, would, I'm not going to go deep into the story, but, but notice the wording here in verse 36. Do you see that right at the very top? Which, I know you want me to do this. Which of these three, in other words, which of these was neighbor to him? Well, that's the word place, uh, placeion which means, can be translated neighbor, but it's the Greek word for friend. Which one of these men, this is a Samaritan here. The, 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 the folks that should have helped him, they walked right on past him. They couldn't help. And I, 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 there's so much in the story, I don't want to go any deeper. My point, of course, is that uh, Placeon, Jesus says, which of these was a friend to him? Was it the one that he had no, wouldn't even go through his neighborhood. This is teaching us a great lesson, church, that we have to love everybody. Could we just praise him one more time? Father, help us to get past all of the things, all of our prejudice and all of our, our laziness and help us to know that I've got to love my neighbor. Hallelujah. I've got to love those, Lord, all about me. And I give you praise and help me to do it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, let's go. Let's take it another twist. I'm going to go very quickly now. Now we're at John, St. John 14 and 15. And here, this is a very short verse. Could we read it? If ye love me, keep my commandments. See, many people think that, well, you know, the love of God means that I can do whatever I want as long as I love God. That doesn't mean that. If you love God then you're going to keep his commandments. Let's, let's take this a little further. Jeremiah 7 says, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God. And ye shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. That's verse 23. Let's read verse 24. And they hearkened, what? Not. 
nor inclined their ear. Of course, this is Jeremiah chapter 7. But they walked in the counsels and imagination of their evil heart, and they went backward and not forward. So don't ever think that because you claim to love God, which you should and must love God, that that's a cover for your evil. It doesn't cover your evil. And if anybody in this room is trying to tell me you're perfect and you've never made a mistake or done anything wrong, then you are not telling the truth. Love says, I need you, Jesus. Make me more like you. Anybody want to be more like the Lord here today? If you claiming that you're greater than Jesus and have more love than Jesus, then you're mistaken. Because the fact of the matter is we are never loving as we should and God is and to love God is to obey him and so we will now let's go to first John chapter 2 and whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected so how do I know that the love of God is working in me if I keep his word if I obey the Lord then I know that truly the love of God is perfected in me. Hereby know we that we are in him, that he he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk. Now, I want to read it now from another translation. Here we go. Um, I'm adding, though, verse 4. Okay, here's the King James. Whoso keepeth his word... In him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. You think we, can you see that or is that too small? Sister uh, Jinx, can you actually see those words? It's, it's pretty tiny. I mean, I can barely see it. And I'm up here. So I think we ought to leave, uh, leave it alone. Now, I want to read it from... Uh, A very good translation, which takes these verses, which is four, five and six. So that's three verses. And it translates it into four sentences. So let's take each sentence. Now, I know you can read these sentences, but let's not. Let me read it. Here we go, because we're trying to hurry. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the first sentence in the translation that we're reading. If someone claims, quote, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. Everybody understand that? All right. So if you're not obeying God and you say, I know God, then you are not telling the truth. All right. I had to repeat it. All right. Now let's go to the second sentence, which is the I think I think there's four sentences. All right. Here we go. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I love that. Now, I I know this guy that translated this, so this is interesting. But um, uh, it's become quite a famous translation, by the way. Those who obey God's word... Truly show how completely they love him. Oh, hallelujah. Wow. Does anybody love the Lord here tonight? All right, now let's go to the third sentence. 
That is how we know we are living in him. That's the third sentence. That is how we know we are living in him. If you're hating folks, you're not living in him. Something is wrong. If you're wrestling with something, you know what you could do? You know what it may be? You may need a trip to the altar. There's a lot of folks, all they need is a good trip to the altar. And let me tell you something else. We've got sinners praying in this altar while saints of God are too busy. And that is a disgrace. Never let it be said that I was far too busy to worry about a man's soul who made it all the way to the front of this church to seek the face of God. Okay, so how, uh, blah, blah, blah. that is how we know that we're living in him. Now let's look at the last one. This is the fourth sentence. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Praise God. Anybody want to live like Jesus lived? Okay, that's about half of us. But you know what? If we lived our life, I'm actually suggesting today that what we need to do is get our eyes off of whether the preacher shook my hand or what somebody's wearing or who's got the money. If we get our eyes on, I want to live like Jesus lived. I want to act like Jesus acted. I want to believe what God says. I want to obey his word. I want to preach the word. I want to tell that revolutionized this city. Praise God. I have people walking here almost every single week that say, I have never been in a church where I feel what I feel in the apostolic tabernacle. You know why that is? Because somebody's trying to live like Jesus. Somebody's trying to do what Jesus would have them to do. All right, now let's see where we are. All right, so, uh, so hating is hard, and it takes a toll on the human soul. Hating is what we have to get rid of. Hating is what we have to stand against. I don't care who it's coming from. We need to love one another, and we need to love God. We need to obey God, and we need to be like Jesus. Anybody believe that? Now, here we are, verse 9. He that saith he is in the light and hates his brother is... In darkness, even until now. Okay, let's stand. All right, I want to quote uh, two of my favorite quotes from Dr. King. Now we're right back to John, 1 John 4, 8. God is love. I would say God is love. All right, now let's look at, uh, I, 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 I've given up on getting everybody to do it. But let's try it one more time. Can you say God is love? God is love. Okay, now here are my two favorite quotes from Dr. King. Here was a man facing some of the, the most outrageous injustices in American history. And his approach, I preached an entire sermon in this church, which I got from him. I used his very title that we are to love one another. And here's his favorite. Well, here are two of my favorite quotes. Let no man pull you so low as to hate him. Don't let anything or any circumstance, no matter what it may be, no matter how unjust it may be. I think there's a whole lot of people across this nation that could be listening to that kind of preaching. And may America hear it today. Let no man pull you low. How many knows that Jesus lifts us high with his mercy and his love? And then here's my last one. He said, I have decided. This is my all time favorite. I have decided to stick with love 
Hate is too great a burden to bear. Praise God. Just lay it down, my friend, and pick up the love of God in your life and all the ways. I had a fellow say, I, I, I think I'm going to leave her. I think I'm going to leave her. I said, what you need is a trip to the altar, and you need to lay all that down and pick up love and let the Holy Ghost move in your life. Can we just praise him one more time? Can we ask God to help us here tonight? Father, I pray for the church of the living God. Lord, that will be filled with your power and your love. Anoint us. Keep us, Lord. Keep this church. Lord, keep us as we travel. Let your glory fill the church. Lord, this Sunday while I'm gone, let it be the greatest service that we've ever had. Anoint Brother Ryan. Let the glory of God come down. Lord, let us be known in this community as a church that is full of love. And we thank you for it, Lord. We give you praise. Can we just clap our hands one more time and thank God for his love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Hallelujah. Amen. Everyone said amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Shake hands. Greet one another. Uh, love one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.